0: Hi everybody, welcome, welcome. It's great to have you. I want to welcome everybody who's watching us live. It's great to have you join us as well. Uh, just so you know, never as good as being here in person. But if that's all you can do, that's great uh, that you can join us that way. We are, as Shaheen said, we are on a series. This is week three of our series, Promises. And before anybody goes too far, there we go. Uh, promises. We've been talking about promises, but you know, as Shaheen was talking the last couple of weeks, I was. It just went through my mind that when we hear the word promises, most of us don't bank on it. I think for most of us, when we hear the word promise, it's just like a a positive. I hope so. It should. Uh, maybe it will. Because we've all we've all made promises and we've all had promises given to us that were broken. You know that sometimes, and, and not even in, intentionally sometimes, at one time we we're going on an elk hunt and, and we're all ready and everybody's packed up and everything. And yeah, I said, hey, Dad, are we leaving? Yeah, we're leaving at 6, 6 p.m. Isn't that great? You probably, yeah, I promise all that stuff. We get, we're all loaded up and everything. And my mom had everybody's elk license stored away. Stored away, all right. We could never find him. And so his good intentions of promises was generally speaking that's what we mean like circumstances can sometimes change a promise right as a matter of fact the bible tells us not to make promises the the bible says just let your yes be yes and your no be no for this reason unless you and i have ultimate power and can control all circumstances we have no business promising anything because things can change and things can happen and we We won't be able to do what we do. But here's, I I say all that to say this, but it's different with God. We can't compare this to anything else. It's different with God. When Jesus Christ says something, it's true. You can count on it. I know there's doubt sometimes, really. Yes, it's God speaking. And guess what? He's in control of all circumstances. He has all power and all authority. He, when he says, this is what I'm going to do, then that's what he's going to do. And so we have to kind of take a, 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 new, a new look at this word, promises. This is, you can bank on it. It is true. This will happen. Nothing can change it. From God's perspective, if he says it, it's going to happen. That's God's promises that we can count on them. And nothing, uh, nothing can can interfere with that. So today's promise is found in a a really popular scripture verse. And I'm going to read that to you and you will see what today's promise is. This is from Jesus himself. You can count on it. He says, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. We have an enemy. You have an enemy. His goal is to ruin and destroy your life. It is Satan, the devil, whatever you want to call him. He is against every single human being. He wants to sift you like wheat, destroy your life. He won't just come out and say, hey, guess what? I'm going to cause you to be a drug addict, lose everything you had." No, he's very subtle. But his goal is to ruin everything in our lives and destroy us. But Jesus says this. I came from heaven to be a human being, to do this. I came for this purpose that they may have life and have it abundantly. That Jesus' promise to us, His purpose, is that we would have abundant life. This is a promise. This is His word. This is His intention. This is what He can do, is give us abundant life. That means life that is full, complete satisfied abundant life and i think so oftentimes when we think of this word uh, or this idea of abundant life sometimes we we think of it as if god promised me abundant life then that means i'm going to be successful sometimes we feel that way ever think about what like what would it take for you to have abundant life full complete and I think so oftentimes we think, well, well, if, if God promised me abundant life, then I'm going to have a lot of money. Or I'm going to have good health. I mean, he, hey, he promised abundant life. I'm going to have really good health. I'm going to have success. I'm going to have a lot of friends. Abundant life is, and I think this is the American thing that a lot of us get caught up in, abundant life is a life of ease. I am going to have a life of ease because Jesus promised me abundant life. Or recreation a a life that is I'm going to be able to be in charge, do what I want be in charge and control of my life is that what Jesus meant when he said abundant life I have come that you would have abundant life that you would have life to the full because I want to challenge that today and I want us all to kind of see this from a, a different perspective, I don't believe at all that's what Jesus was talking about but yet he was talking about abundant life and a life that is full. But I think he was talking about life on the inside. Not the external, not the outside, not the circumstances, but the inside. And here's what's really interesting about this concept. We all know it's true. Because here's what we all have experienced. What's on the inside is more important than what's on the outside. I know right away, you know at at first glimpse, uh, glimpse, it doesn't look like that. But we've all experienced the inside is more important than the outside. If you are a person has ever experienced being depressed, you know what I'm talking about. Because the outside could be perfect. You have people around you saying, hey, there's nothing to be depressed about. Look, at you got a great job, a wonderful family. Look at the beautiful house, the comfort you have. You have all this stuff, but yet, you know what? You don't really care about that because what's on the inside is more important. What the inside is hurting, the outside can't fix. It's the same with other, other things. Maybe, maybe you live with extreme anxiety or fear and you have people around you that are trying to help, and it is helpful, but people around you say, listen, there's nothing to be afraid of. You're secure, you have this, you're loved. You have all of these things in your life. Hey, there's nothing to be, to be afraid of. Just be calm, don't feel that way. But you know, you know that what's on the inside is more powerful than what's on the outside. What's on the inside is what we care about. How that inside is because the outside can be perfect and it doesn't affect the inside. And the reverse is true. That the inside can motivate the outside. If the inside is good, it doesn't matter so much what's on the outside. Imagine with me how miserable this would be. Just imagine how miserable the outside would be if, if in two weeks somebody took you And said, you are going to go way up to the Arctic Circle. And I am going to take you out in the dark. You've got to get up at 4.30 in the morning. You have to. You have to get up at 4.30 in the morning. And we're going to take you with a flashlight. Somebody's going to bring you out to where you don't know where you're going. And they're going to leave you in the woods. Two hours before dark. Zero degrees out. Imagine this, and you don't, you, you don't know your way out. You have to wait till they come back and get you at dark. You are going to sit in the woods below zero weather, hurting so bad, not knowing really where you are, not having the power to come and go somewhere warm, whenever you're there, till somebody picks you up again. And you do that day after day after day for a week. Think of how miserable that is, where you're so cold, your toes and your fingers, you could be crying, you are so cold, and there's nothing you can do about it. How miserable would that be? Yet I long to do that. Imagine that. In two weeks, I'm going to northern Saskatchewan where somebody's going to bring me at 430 in the morning, I'm going to watch out with a flashlight, and I'm going to climb in a tree at zero degrees, and I'm going to sit there all day. The outside is miserable, I'll give you that. But the inside is so pumped, it doesn't matter. The inside is so pumped, like if you said, I have to do it, have to, I volunteer, I want to go, I'll pay money to go do that. I mean, think about, think about the power of the inside and how it can motivate the outside. Most of you would think that would be the most miserable thing to do. And you know what? It is miserable. I'll give you that. But the inside motivates the outside because the inside has this incredible desire to harvest a monster buck that I would do just about anything. How about this scenario that maybe you can... How about this? What if you... What if you and you didn't really want to, maybe it was your spouse or somebody, but what if you were forced to have somebody else live in your home? And that somebody else cannot take care of themselves. That somebody else, you have to bring them to the bathroom. You have, I mean, you have to, there's no way out. You, You have to be responsible. You have these... There's somebody else in your house that you have to live in the bathroom. You have to make their meals. I mean, come on. You've got a life already, right? Can you imagine how inconvenient that would be? Most of us would complain that I got to take care of this other person in my house. I got to feed them, I got to take them to the bathroom. I can't I can't just hey, my my wife and I can't just jump in the car and go away for the weekend. We got this this other person in our house that we either got to take with and drag along wherever we go or we got to find a place for this person to stay and it's constant you are responsible for this person all the time feed them bathroom bring them everywhere bring them to doctor's appointments uh, bring them somewhere you are, you are totally responsible hey most of us most of us would say that is not something i want that is something that would be miserable in my life it would ruin how i live i don't want that but yet most of us have pets I don't, and from my perspective, looking at that, I think you've got to be out of your mind to put yourself through all of that mess. But but you do it, and you know you don't even consider it a mess. You think it's a joy. You got a little puppy. Even your little puppy. You know what? The inside. The inside can almost make the outside not even noticeable. If the inside is good, it is inside that really 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 matters and that's what jesus christ came to do he came to give us abundant life on the inside abundant fullness on the inside that has nothing to do with outside circumstances whatsoever he is the source a relationship with god through jesus christ when we say jesus i put my trust in what you did for my sins, to take away that separation from God, we now have an absolute connection with God, and he said, that will give you abundant, full life on the inside, this connection with God. As a matter of fact, I'm going to read a very familiar portion of scripture that is from King David, and as he is, he is writing, we can see how he is expressing himself. With this abundant life on the inside, he says, This, the Lord is my shepherd. I love this. I lack nothing. He's not talking about food, clothing, sleep. He's talking about this abundant life on the inside. He said, The Lord is is my shepherd, He's my guide. I lack nothing. I am full and I am complete. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. Oh, yeah, there could be war raging all around me, but guess what? i have in quiet waters on the inside. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for His namesake. Even though I walk through the darkest valleys, In life, you've been in some dark valleys. We all have dark valleys ahead of us. And he says, even though I go through dark valleys, I lost this. These people don't talk to me. I don't know, you know, what's going to happen in the future. I go, these dark valleys. He said, hey, you know what? He walks with me through them, so I will fear no evil. Why? For you are with me. Your rod and your staff They comfort me. He said, hey, this this abundant life on the inside, that no matter what happens, basically what David is saying is this, I'm good, I'm complete, I'm satisfied. He goes on, and and he says, I just think it's just a part of life. It's our life, and what we can experience is, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. There are people against me. There are things working against me and work isn't good. The business is going bad. The relationship is whatever it is with you. But you know what? But, but, but you and I, we're having a meal together. That You and I are, are fellowshipping, are being one together. In the midst of calamity, and in the midst of what's going on, I have peace on the inside. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows from the inside out. It over, My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. This is a promise. You will always be there. You're never going away. This will always be there. And it goes even beyond that. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This is a relationship that will go forever and ever throughout eternity, experiencing this abundant life on the inside. When we read stories of people's lives and we see how some of the trouble and the horrible things they go through, and we see them be victorious through it, and you wonder, how can they do that? It's because... They've experienced the fullness on the inside in a relationship with God. Read about the early church and some of the things they went through and how miserable it would be. We have a a story of, uh, this this is found in in Acts, kind of an account of some of the things the apostles went through. And uh, This is Paul and Silas, and some of the things they went through is, is, this is real life, this is horrible. You think you had a bad day? Follow this along. The crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas. The crowd was against them. They were attacking them. They were actually starting a riot. And the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten with rods. After they had been severely flogged. Now, we read over that like it's nothing. Here they are preaching the message of Jesus Christ and God loves you, and the people freak out. They grab them. They they, they get the soldiers there to take them, strip them naked, beat them with rods. Have you ever been beaten with rods? I haven't, thank God. And after that, they are flogged. Do you you have any idea what flogging was and how horrible it was? They were beaten with rods, probably bruised black and blue, flogged, bleeding, cut everywhere in their body, open wounds everywhere. And they were th- then they were thrown in the prison and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. I mean, these, you'd think they were some kind of like murderers or, or terrorists or something. He said, guard them carefully. So what the jailer did uh, when he received these orders, he put them in the inner cell and, and fastened their feet in stocks. I love God. God is good. Here they are beaten, stripped beaten, put in the inner cell. Do you know what an inner cell is? An inner cell is a dungeon. No light. There's no outside light at all. Pitch black. Dirt floor. They are, they've been up all day. They've been flogged. They've been beaten. They're bleeding. They're, They're put on a dirt floor with probably open wounds on their legs and their back and they're bleeding and then their feet are fastened in these things can you imagine how miserable that was I can't even imagine the pain and the suffering The uh, you would just want to die you can't even lay down and get comfortable you can't it's a hard floor you don't have a mattress you don't have a blanket you're dirt. You got open wounds in the dirt. You're there. Can you imagine the aching? And the, they don't mention, but probably a headache, a pounding headache. You know, you know when you cut yourself and it throbs with your heartbeat. You know, your whole body just throbbing in pain, misery. But yet, it's hard for me to get up. I can just imagine. The possibilities of an attitude here. Yeah, Jesus promised me abundant life. He didn't know what he was talking about. I didn't sign up for this. It could have been. But if you know the story, it's amazing. About midnight. Tired and miserable and aching and painful. Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the other prisoners were listening to them. They weren't ashamed of it. They were sitting there, laying there with their feet in the stocks, hurting, and they were rejoicing and praising God. God, you're so good. You're so fulfilling. You're so eternal. Thank you for your joy, Father. We worship you forever. They were singing. The other prisoners thought, these guys are, something wrong with them, man. They're nuts. They didn't do this because they knew that Luke was writing it down. They didn't do this because they thought this would be a good lesson for the church in 2,000 years. They did this because they had abundant life on the inside. Abundant life on the inside that they were so fulfilled and so happy and so complete and so full of joy that they were worshiping God no matter what the outside circumstances are. I... I think that, you know, there are very few of us get there. But I think all of us want that, don't we? Aren't you sick and tired of being your emotions going with your circumstances? Oh, good damn good, bad damn bad. Aren't you sick of that? I mean, sick and tired of that. Jesus says with a relationship with God that he makes possible, that he promises we can have abundant life on the inside so that whether we have a good day, whether we have a bad day, it doesn't matter, it's always a good day on the inside because we're always connected to an eternal, glorious God with incredible love and acceptance and fulfillment fulfillment for our life. I see that in some of you. Laura Eust, dealing with cancer. If you talked to her, you wouldn't know it. You wouldn't know it. Just as joyful and full of God's love on the inside, whether facing calamity, facing uncertainty. Don't, you don't know. Rick Schwab, another one. Talk to Rick, he's got that stupid grin on his face. Rick, you know you got a brain cancer. Yeah. I want everybody to know Jesus. Don't you want to be like that? Don't you want to live like that? No matter what happens, it's, we're not so fickle, but our source comes from the living God on the inside. I, I think that this, this abundant life on the inside is a promise that I want to hang on to for my life. And I, I think that the, the, the apostle describes it in such clear terms. He says this, For God who said, let light shine out of darkness. Okay, this is creator God. The same God who said, let light shine out of darkness and become. It is that God who made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. It is this God who makes, once we put our faith in Jesus, who makes his light shine in our hearts inside. He makes his light, his life, his fullness, his eternity, his security shine in our hearts. It is his glory that we know. It is his glory that we experience. The glory of God that goes forever. It is because of this, he goes on and he says, but right now, we live in this world, but we have this treasure, this incredible treasure, God's glory in our hearts. We have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. That, hey, this being in prison, beaten, and in stocks, and worshiping, this power is not from us. It is from the glory of God on the inside. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. Some of you, you know what it's, it's like to be hard-pressed. You do. Hard-pressed on every side. Does it crush you? It doesn't have to. We know what it's like to be hard pressed but we don't have to be crushed. Yes, life has its bad things. Yes, there's disappointments. Nothing goes right, very, very rarely. But yet, it is this glory of God's glory on the inside. He said on every side, but not. we are not crushed. We're perplexed, but not crushed. Uh, but, perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted but not a aban- well we don't know what that is yet but i think it's coming we are struck down but not destroyed therefore I- i'm skipping here uh, but he goes on in the same thought therefore we do not lose heart though outwardly we are wasting away some of us more visible than others hey listen on the outside we're not finding life we're not finding joy On the outside, we're wasting away. Yet inwardly, we are being renewed day by day for our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So, we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. We fix our eyes not on our circumstances, but on what is unseen the glory and fullness of God in our hearts. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. It's God's promise. It's a promise for every one of us to have abundant life on the inside, to be full and complete on the inside. This is whether hard times or not hard times. Our source for the Christian, our source for joy and fullness and completeness and satisfaction comes from an eternal God who created all things and all powerful, all authority. Our joy comes from Him, not from these things around us. But the question is this. I've been a Christian for a long time. I don't know how that works. I have never experienced that. If God promised abundant life, how come I'm not feeling it? And I don't know if some of you remember this, but a long time ago, we did a curtain here. Remember the curtain? (laughs) When we put our faith in Jesus, the curtain is removed. But getting close to God is up to us. Jesus took care of the curtain but getting close to God is up to us. Receiving, experiencing abundant life is up to us. And one of the writers in the Bible of the New Testament, his name is James, he wrote this. Come near to God and God will come near to you. This abundant, full completeness on the inside is a promise from God and nothing can stop it, but we control receiving it and living in it, and that is is by drawing close to God, seeking God and drawing close to God, talking to God, being honest with God. Is our responsibility, and when we do, the fullness and the joy. And the happiness have nothing to do with our circumstances. They come from God. And my question to you is this. Do you want to be full of joy and satisfaction and fullness and completeness all the time? If you do, it's a promise of God. Just draw close to God and He will draw close to you. Let's talk to God. Father, thank you so much for your promise. It is not a wish, it is not a hopeful, it is not, it is a guarantee that you will do to any of us, to all of us who are Christians and drawing to you. Ask, seek, and knock. Father, we come to you, we ask. You promise that we will receive. If we knock, the door will be open. If we seek you, we will find you, that you are here for us. And Father, right now, we just confess to you, I want your fullness in my life. I want your presence and your peace and your contentment in my life. I want to know you better as you fulfill me more.